This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Western North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio, the 13th day of October. It's Friday the 13th. Oh, goody. (laughs) I hope you are having a good start to your Friday morning. Uh, It is a good Friday if you are a fan of the Philadelphia Phillies. They take care of the Atlanta Braves last night. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, Coming up at 9.15, Dan Zampano is going to join us to talk NFL football. Of course, the Chiefs and the Broncos game last night. Bit of a snoozer, but uh, we'll talk about that with Dan uh, along with the rest of the things going on around the NFL coming up here in a few minutes. But uh, Nick Castellanos, two more home runs last night. First player ever to hit multiple home runs in consecutive postseason games. Two more last night. The Phillies win 3-1. They got a great start out of Ranger Suarez, uh, probably better than they expected. Um, They got three and two-thirds out of him the first time last night. Uh, He was really good. Five innings, just the one run. The bullpen did a great job. Got a little bit uh, scary. In the ninth inning, Matt Strom. Remember him, Red Sox fans? Matt Strom, who uh, was not great for Boston, but, man, he what a year he had for the Phillies. Uh, he comes on uh, and strikes out Vaughn Grissom with runners on the corners to win the series and send them into the NLCS against the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Phillies will have the home field advantage in that. And... Uh, I, look, they're going to be heavily favored. There's no question about that. I haven't looked at the odds this morning, but there's no doubt that they are going to be favored. And uh, I guess, you know, uh, we may be, you know, we may be looking at a Philly-Houston World Series. I mean, I, you know, the Texas Rangers hope to have something to say about that, but we'll see. And, you know, the thing that bugged me this morning is, of course, everybody wants to talk about, oh, we need to do something about the playoffs. We talked about this yesterday, and this is like a bit of a um, – trying to put a smoke screen up after your team loses that your team lost because the schedule was stacked against you because you had time off. And I talked yesterday about, you know, after a 162-game season, people need time off. And, you know, NFL teams do it all the time. Get extra time off. Doesn't seem to bother them. It shouldn't bother you in Major League Baseball. It's just a convenient excuse. How about a team just gets hot? It's kind of like in hockey where if you have a goalie who's hot, you know, stuff happens. If you get a pitcher that is hot, look what look what can what can happen. If you get a batter like Nick Castellanos who is out of his mind and what Bryce Harper did. You know what I mean? It's 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 stop trying to make excuses. You know, and and you know the the uh, yesterday after the game, one of the uh, I can't remember which Philly player it was trying to blame the media for the fact they lost because they they put out that thing that Orlando Arcia said, you know, as if somehow the media was responsible for firing up the Philadelphia Phillies. You know, I mean, and and look at the end of the day, the the, the media did nothing wrong here. As I saw, um, there was a story, I can't remember, I don't think it was The Athletic, but somebody wrote a story this morning and said, look, at the end of the day here, the media is not at fault. 
you know, there's a thing, you know, they want to say it's off the record. Well, obviously you don't know what off the record means. Off the record means you have an agreement with a reporter that what you say is not going to be put out there. Well, unless you have that, everything that is said in those locker rooms is fair game. You know, MLB policy says that they have to be open, you know, an hour before the game and and, and after the game. And there's reporters there. If you say stupid shit, that's going to happen. Pardon my language. You don't want to put give people bulletin board material? Shut up. <laughs> Wait until after the reporters leave, then say, you know, what you want to say about Bryce Harper. This is not on the media. Come on. Um, so, as I said, they'll go on to face uh, Arizona. That will start on Monday. The ALCS starts on Sunday. The Astros and the Rangers don't know who the Game 1 starter is going to be for the uh, Rangers yet. I suspect it'll be Jordan Montgomery. He started Game 2 against Baltimore last Sunday, so he's got a week off. Um and Nate Evaldi then on regular rest would be in line to pitch game two. So that makes the most sense. Max Scherzer threw 60 pitches on Wednesday. Uh, yesterday, Bruce Bochy said he looked good. He felt good. Uh, so there is a chance that they are going to activate him. He has not pitched since September the 12th because of that strain in his shoulder. John Gray, who was put on the uh, the injured list the final week of the season with a forearm strain, he's throwing as well. There's a chance he'll be ready. They said if they're both available, that um, Scherzer will be probably in line to start. John Gray, because he's more stretched out, I mean, but John Gray would probably be someone they would bring out of the bullpen. And if the if the Rangers are going to have a chance, they need a healthy Max Scherzer. They need, they need him. They need him to be able to start. Look, it's a seven-game series now. You can get away in a five-game series with using three starters. In a seven-game series, you need all your available arms. So if those two guys are healthy, I think it gives the Rangers a much better chance. Despite the fact they lost nine of the 13 games against Houston, as we've seen in these playoffs, uh, you know, you never know. And by the way, the people that want to bitch about the extra time off didn't seem to bother the Houston Astros, did it? Just saying. 13 minutes past the hour, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano will join us. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 15 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Friday morning and the best time of my week. We are joined by Dan Zampano. Good morning, Dan. How are you? High praise, Gene. High praise. I'm shocked that you would say it because I know we disagree a lot on some stuff with (laughs) with the football. But you know what? You've kept me on for, what, four or five years now, and it's a great thing. And how about mid-October? You got got football going on. You got the baseball uh, playoffs going on. Hockey starting. Basketball's about to go. I mean, it's the... It's the crescendo of sports, is it not? Yeah, I tell you what, my wife has been sick. I was uh, telling you before we started uh, this morning, and um, I'm glad she was because last night I had I had baseball on the television. I <laughs> I had uh, football on my laptop, and I had a hockey mm. and I had a hockey game on my phone. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's the way it should be. Just oh, consume yourself uh, in this you stuff. Know, it's, yeah, I got completely lost. Um, so let's uh, let's a couple of things. Uh, let's start with last night. Um, and look, the Chiefs win the game. Really, not a su- not a surprise to anyone. Travis Kelsey, or, or should I call him Travis Swift, with a huge game. Uh, um, <laughs> but. Uh, Look, you know, and you, and if you look at the box score at the end of the game, you look at it and say, geez, you know, Patrick Mahomes threw for 300 yards, you know, pretty good day. He wasn't very good yesterday. I mean, Travis Kelsey bailed him mm. out a lot. Travis Kelsey, the thing I love about him is that, you know, he'll run a route and then all of a sudden he sees his quarterback in trouble and he just always finds a, a way to get open. And, yeah. and he, I mean, talk about the ultimate safety valve. Um so I didn't think Mahomes was great, and Russell Wilson was putrid. Has there ever been a quarterback that has had a bigger fall from grace than Russell Wilson? Goodness, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's just falling off a, few a cliff. That maybe come to mind. He really has. He really has. I mean, 
Uh, I could think of one in New England right now, but um, the, uh, the, the whole game last night was kind of weird. I mean, Kansas City really marched between the 20s yes. really well last night. Yep. Uh, they just couldn't get it in the end zone. I mean, that was, that was just kind of very strange that, you know, that they really struggled for some reason. They, they had, they made some interesting calls. You saw some kind of interesting play designs that, uh, that Reed put in, like the, they had a hook and ladder early in the game. Mm-hmm. That was a designed one. They had the, the fake field goal right. quarterback sneak. Um, they did a lot of things to kind of put themselves in that spot where they, they didn't really need to. I mean, think about your opponent, think about who you're playing you know, Denver's offense has been actually pretty decent this year, but their defense is awful. I mean, historically awful. And for some reason, it flipped around last night. Yeah. And I think a lot of it had to do with the Chiefs kind of being a little bit careless. You know, did it feel like that to me? I feel like it did. Yeah. But when you have a defense, when you have a defense that holds your your opponent to 97 yards passing, I mean, it's totally ridiculous. I mean, that that was that was a shameful performance. All the Denver Broncos did really, though, was run the football. I thought they ran the football really well, and they yeah. kind of abandoned it when when they got down, you know, ten, thirteen points. You know, it, it's it's kind of strange. The Broncos have like ability; they have talent on their team. They just don't execute well. And the Chiefs, I feel like, are kind of just lollygagging through and, and frolicking through the meadow here uh, because they have all of the. You know, media cash day. They have all of the NFL insiders cash day to be like, yeah, they're the Chiefs. They'll get it done. But they kind of just feel like the default favorite in the conference right now because all the other teams in the conference are either injured or are unproven. So it's kind of a strange time to be in the AFC. Well, you know, when I was watching the game last night, you made a good point about, you know, some of the strange calls and things that they did last night. How about this? How about they did this? because they were playing the Denver Broncos, and it was a chance for them to experiment with some stuff. And let's see if maybe this will work, because we know we can get away with it because it's the Denver Broncos. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean you're, you're basically, yeah, it's like a scrimmage. You know, yeah, pretty them. much. It really is. Yeah. That... It pretty much was like a scrimmage for them. And, and they just kind of treated it like it was the spring game, and, and they went through and just, hey, it's Thursday night. We're going to have 11 days off. Let's Let's figure out a way to, you know, tinker with some stuff and, you know, credit the Broncos, though. I mean, credit the Broncos. They were able to hold in the red zone. They got an interception. Justin Simmons was outstanding last night, but he was really the only one. Um, yeah, I, I, that's another team right there that who needs a number one overall pick worse? Right. And I, think, I think it might be Denver. After they traded away all those picks for Russell Wilson, uh, they really could use a really high draft pick at this point now because – and I think they're going to start selling off. You've already seen them sell off Randy Gregory to the Niners. I think more is probably coming from Denver. How, how much do you think Sean Payton's regretting his decision to come back into the NFL with the Denver Broncos? I mean, I I was watching him on the sideline yesterday. I'm thinking that guy's hitting the bottle as soon as this game is over. <laughs> I, I, I think so. You'd have to drink after that oh performance. But I think I think he's, he's only five games in. I think – he knows he's going to be there next year. Yes. So I think he's really going to be like, okay, we're playing the young guys. Anybody that's a veteran, if you think that you deserve a second contract, now is your time because you're probably not going to be here next year. Right. Just so you know, that whole team is going to be remodeled by Sean Payton. He's, he's going the Bill Parcells route. Well, no I was doubt say, about it. I was going to say he's going the Deion Sanders route. Just clean house. Yeah, that's, that's a great example as well. <laughs> Clean house, bring a whole new yep. group in. You yep. know, why not? So, I, as I was reading the paper yesterday, and you know, looking at uh, you know the the odds for you know college football and pro football, I was shocked to see that one of the things listed in the uh, the daily odds was the first NFL head coach to be fired. I Vegas actually has a line on this. Can you believe that? Oh, that's one of my favorites. That's, oh, one, of my, my that's God. one of our favorite props we talk about. Yeah, so, so right now, the guy that's leading the pack, the, the pe- person everybody thinks is the first one out is Ron Rivera, uh, followed mm-hmm. followed by Josh McDaniels. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, although I tell you what, I was kind of surprised when I'm looking at this that Bill Belichick's name was not listed on here. 
Hmm. You know, and there. I mean, there, look, there's talk. You know, uh, there was a I, th- I can't remember who it was, but I think it was somebody in uh, that with the athletic that basically put out a story this week and said that after, you know, talking with Robert Kraft, it doesn't sound like Robert Kraft would be afraid to fire his head coach. Yeah, Jeff Howe reported that. Was that yeah, Jeff Howe, that's who it was, yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he reported that Kraft was downright angry uh, with Belichick uh, and the way things have gone. Now, Kraft, you got to remember, Kraft has trusted Belichick through thick and through thin for right. 25 years. Right. Preferably. Yep. Right. So, um, so this is going to be an interesting thing. There's a, there's a big question on as to whether the Patriots are going to be letting Belichick go, letting him his GM title go, uh, giving him a spot maybe upstairs in the executive assistance and, and be an advisor and then let, you know, a guy like Gerard Mayo run the, run the team and bring in people. Like, I don't know what the solution is. I don't think we, we will know until we know how bad it actually is. Right. Um, if the Patriots win seven or eight games this year, you know, uh, does that buy Belichick another season to rebuild and remodel this organization? If they win five games this year, does that do that? I mean, I think we need to know what the rock bottom is if there is one. And it feels like rock bottom right now, but I don't think at this point we can say Belichick should be fired, um, you know, this, that, and the other. It, it feels bad, and if it continues, sure. But we're five games into the season, and I think there's – like he said after that game on Sunday, if there's, we got to sit down, we got to just start all over, and figure out a way to figure out a figure out a win. You know. Yeah, but so, uh, but here's the thing, Dan. You, you know, you can figure out everything you want. You can go into your coach's room and bring all the the brain trust together and try to figure out. Here's the thing, though. At the end of the day, if you don't have the personnel, it doesn't matter what scheme mm. you come up with. And it would and when you yeah. look at this team and you know, all the injuries that have piled up, you know, those those last couple of injuries on defense were absolute killers, but the injuries continue to pile up and you look at that receiving core and you look at the mess the offensive line is with all the injuries and, and, and now the defense can't stop anybody, it doesn't matter what they come up with, does it? You know, you're you're right and and you're wrong at the same time. Of course, you know, I am. <laughs> I, I I think I think I think I think you're right in the sense from an on paper standpoint. Yes, like if you don't have the talent on the roster, then you're just not going to be successful. But the talent has to execute as well. I don't think that there's a lack of effort going on with the Patriots teams and players. I think there's just a a, a lack of execution that's going on. You know, I just, I don't see them executing. And I don't see, the other thing I don't see, and I think this is to the deeper point, the Patriots have become exactly what their coach is. Unemotional automatons that never get in their teammates' face, mm. never try to, to rise up to try mm. to, remember when Brady always oh, yeah. used to just be like, you guys got to rise all up, we got to play yeah. tougher, we got to play harder mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple guys like that. Yep. Edelman was like that. That's and, fair. you know, Rodney Harrison, I mean, you could go down the list of guys. There is no one on this team. There was no life on Sunday, no emotional yep. vocal leader. Matthew Slater is not that guy no. that's going to get in people's faces. He's he's the spiritual emotional leader of the team, sure, but not somebody that is going to to crack skulls and be like, "This is unacceptable." How if it's acceptable in the locker room? We always said this: you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. Right. And at the end of the day, that's what's going on right now, and it's at the feet of the head coach. And, you know, we've talked about Mac Jones at length, and I still don't think he's the guy and probably shouldn't be back um, unless he has a big turnaround. But, you know, at the end of the day, the coach is the most responsible guy because he put the team together and he's the one coaching it. Um, You know, the the thing that was – this one, this this is a stat that really got me. And again, I know we're five games into it, so we can't necessarily say this is the way it's going to be for the rest of the year. But remember last year, how everybody was bitching about Matt Patricia calling the the plays and how awful the offense was, and yada yada yada. Well, <laughs> last year, this Patriot team averaged 315 yards a game on offense and averaged 21 and a half mm. points. 
Well, this year they're averaging about 30 yards less a game, and they're only averaging 11 points a game. And I know it's the first five games, but I'm suddenly longing for Matt Patricia. I'm, re- I'm really, not, I'm really, I'm really not. But I, but you know what I mean? I mean, it's like Bill O'Brien was supposed to be the answer, and 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 it's it's gotten worse. Did you did you have I miss Matt Patricia on your bingo card no. for 2023? Patriots? Never. <laughs> that, that's that is hilarious. That is hilarious. Uh, uh, look, I, I think you're right. I think look, if that's a feet, if there's an execution problem, that's at the feet of the coaches, and. Yes, Bill O'Brien is in here, but Bill O'Brien's new as an OC. You know who else is new? Adrian Clem, offensive line coach. That hasn't gotten any better. I mean, the offensive line is way worse than it was a year ago. Right. How about how about Troy Brown coaching the receivers? Right. I mean, the receivers don't even know how to run them out. Juju Smith-Schuster is an absolute liability and should be cut if he wasn't making $16 million a year. I mean, it is ridiculous that he is even in the NFL mm-hmm. the way he is playing. Mm-hmm. It is absurd yep. that he's out there. So, you know, and, and then, you know, you've got guys like Bourne. Bourne runs the wrong route half the time. Right. He's a great player, and he makes great plays, but he, he, makes, he, he doesn't even know where he is on the field. Parker is completely useless. <laughs> I mean, he has no physical life at all. He used to be a great contested catch guy. I don't know where that guy has gone. I mean, what uh, you tell me? I mean, they got to start when they say start over. When Belichick says start over, what does that mean? Does that mean looking at the coaches? Does that mean throwing out half the playbook? Like, what does that mean? Start over. I think right. we're going to find out very quickly on Sunday when they play in Vegas. How about the idea that some people have floated, and I don't think it's a bad one. If the Patriots started doing something and maybe uh, using Malik Cunningham in the way that uh, that the Saints, uh, for instance, <laughs> used Taysom Hill, I mean, is that worth a try at this point? What have they got to lose? I mean, yeah, what have they got to lose? Malik Cunningham is not is is not coming at a quarterback. I didn't. No, 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 I, no, no, I, just, no, no, I do no, not no. see that. No, happen. no, hang on. I didn't say start him a quarterback or, or anything. I just said okay. Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. Taysom Hill is a you know you know kind of running the wildcat kind of idea that they that the Saints do when when Taysom Hill is in there. So you know, is that something that the Patriots could look at just just to throw a wrinkle into things? Because I, I mean, sure. you know, why not? Sure. I mean, I, I I don't see it happening right now, but I I think that maybe if they got super creative, you know, yep. I, I don't, you know, at, at this point, Gene, you know, you're trying to run your offense, yes. right? You're trying to run your offense. You're not, don't, you, the one thing I know that Belichick does well is he identifies what his team is going to be and what the team identity should be. Mm-hmm. And I don't think adding in, extra packages or plays is going to solve much. They just have to execute what they can do best. So like I said, if you throw away half the playbook and say, all right, we're running these 10 plays, we're going to run them better than anybody can and take that Joe Gibbs approach. Joe Gibbs had 12 plays in his entire playbook, but he ran them out as all different formations made him. He was unbelievable at that. Yep. You know, so I think they need to get back to basics. Okay. I don't think they need to throw, throw stuff at the wall and see if it sticks, get back to basics run the football, figure out a way to block up front and just execute these plays so that, you know, you can give yourself a chance and give the defense a chance to win you the game at this point, obviously. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it needs to be overcomplicated. I think it's just that. Do, do the Patriots, are, are they at a point, you know, and I don't want to say like if, if Mac Jones goes out and, and throws what he it does this week against the Raiders, what he did against the Saints last week, that they need to just put Bailey Zappi in the quarterback because that's not solving anything. No. But 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 if 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 he stinks again this week, there's no other way to put it. Is it basically like you know what? We're just going to run the football. We're just going to run it, and you know what? Whatever happens, Why happens not? because at least then we're not giving the ball away. You know, or less chance we're well, going to give the ball. Maybe we, maybe we just need to stop throwing the football. Maybe Mac Jones is going to throw the football eight, ten times a game. Maybe that's what we what we need to have. If if Mac Jones comes out next week and throws another interception early, or or puts the defense in a position where they're going to get down early, they got to deal with Devontae Adams and and Josh Jacobs. Uh, I mean, what is the reason to continue? Right. You know, 
What, what, why would we keep throwing this guy out there when all he does is Nathan Peterman us to death? You know, <laughs> I mean, so yeah, that, that, that's that. Yeah. I mean, what's the point, right? You know, you can't, if you're going to turn the ball, they can't win. Right. They just, they can't win. So if they have to go to Zappy, unfortunately, Zappy would be, you know, Zappy wasn't great either no. in, in either of these last two games, no. you know, doing mop up duty. He was pretty, he was pretty awful as well. I know they have Will Greer on the, on the, on the roster, I don't know how well he knows the offense, but look, the Patriots are in the bed that they made. Like at some point, you don't really have a choice. So you know, you, you just go out and you try to execute the best you can. But I completely this this might be from what I've heard in inner circles. If Mac Jones has a similar game to what he had the last two weeks, this may be his last stand. That's what I have heard. Um. So my favorite uh, quote of the week. Uh, this is the last thing on the Patriots before we move on. Um, mm. Shannon Sharp, I don't know if you saw this or not, was on ESPN yeah. was on ESPN's first take uh, this week and said that he he said he owes Tom Brady an apology. He said because I didn't give him enough credit. He said, and this was my favorite thing. He said he called him the eraser. He said every mistake that Coach Belichick made during those two decades. Brady could erase it. And you know, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And it and look, and I I since the Patriots have moved on from Tom Brady, they are under 500. They're not getting to the playoffs, and the whole Brady Belichick argument at the end of the day, man, it doesn't Tom Brady looks better and better even after he's retired. Yeah, there's no question, and I find it funny that all these people come out years later right. and and do this in hindsight. You know, I mean, it's just totally ridiculous to me. And you know, at the end of the day, I hate this narrative. I, I just totally hate this narrative that it was all Brady and no Belichick. Like, how many yards did did Tom Brady throw for in Super Bowl thirty six? Right. Yeah, I get it. Less. I right. mean, I mean, I I, I I just I, to me, it's like to me, it's like when was Tom Brady became Tom Brady? I mean. Bill Belichick developed this co- this quarterback. They developed this quarterback. It, it, people just throw out the first, you know, five to five to ten years of this of this organization right. of this dynasty, and, and just completely forget. I mean, they were unbelievable on defense. Right, unbelievable how good they were. So you know, maybe the latter half of the dynasty, because it's the freshest thing in people's minds. Sure, you know. Brady had an unbelievable game against the Chiefs. Guess what? They scored 13 points against the Rams. Right. He had a great throw in the fourth quarter. Right. But that was all defense. That was all defense what they did. So I hate it. I just I cannot stand the lazy narrative of well Brady <laughs> Belichick without well, Brady stinks and this that and the other. Like yeah, we know the numbers, but there's there's just no way you can tell me that they win six Super Bowls without all three of the triad. Right. Of Kraft, Belichick, and Brady right. keeping it together. Well, I think like, it, there's just no way. I, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I guess it's kind of human nature when you look at it that it's it's uh, it's fun to jump on the guy who's down, right? I mean, you know, this is all sure. about just piling. This is piling on, is what it is. You know, it, he's. Yeah. You know, he was down there and he's giving him the business kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, uh, eye gouging. They're eye gouging him. They're kicking him while he's down. Right. It's fine. Right. You know, and and you know, maybe he is at the end of his rope. Fine. Go. go what have you? Fine. Absolutely. But Bill Belichick has been a head, been a head coach and an assistant. For 40, 50 years almost, and has been one of the best to ever do it. So right. I don't know why. I don't know why people continuously. You know, I know why because they're not playing well, and he didn't. He didn't have really a plan after the Brady years. Right. So, you know that that's where we can we can knock him. But to say that to say that you know Brady was the whole reason and and covered up for Belichick though, it's totally totally ridiculous. All right, let's get to some games from last week. Now that we've uh, we've beaten the Patriots to death, uh, I just want to uh, get to a couple of games. Um, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars with a big win last week against the Buffalo Bills, and mm. Trevor Lawrence looked more like what we expected. He he looks like he's gaining his confidence. The game was a bit of a snoozer in the first half. Matter of fact, until the fourth quarter when things really got interesting, but that's a heck of a win for Jacksonville. 
Yeah, I think Buffalo will go to the league and say we are never playing in London <laughs> again. again because yes. that was because not only did they lose, but they also had such catastrophic injuries to their yeah. defense. Yep. Uh, Matt Milano out yep. for the year. That is, he might be the most important player on that defense. Yeah. And uh, and the way they run it. So they lose him. They lose Daquan Jones for a significant period of time. Like really, the only size they had on the D line. Like. They're not that. That is a brutal, brutal loss yep. for for Buffalo in more ways than one. So, but I do agree. I think Jacksonville played a lot better. They came out gangbusters. That offensive line of Buffalo absolutely stunk it up. I mean, they got so much pressure on Josh Allen early in the game, and Buffalo had to play from behind. They couldn't really, they couldn't really execute running the football at all because oh. they, they again they were behind. Yep. So, you know, Travis Etienne had a great game. Ridley came back and had a good game. I mean. The Jaguars were good, but the Jaguars are very up and down, very yeah. up and down team. So I, I, I'm still not convinced, you know, that, that they're all the way back yet. They got to win a few in a row to, to probably convince me of that. But, but Buffalo, I would look at them as the biggest threat to Kansas City, but they're right now so banged up on defense, it's hard to see them kind of weathering the storm through the, late, the later parts of the season. So, I don't know. I don't know where that team is going. Um, I, I, I'm actually kind of almost concerned yep. for them. Yep. But, you know, you, you have to move on in the league and see how your depth is and how your team building was over the last couple of years. Um, the game that I was really looking forward to last week, the Sunday night game, turned out to be yeah. about as anticlimactic as it can possibly be as the 49ers just tuned up the Cowboys. And, I mean, Dak Prescott – was as bad as Dak Prescott has been. And they couldn't run the ball at all because they got down early. Brock Purdy continues to amaze. I'm looking at the 49ers' schedule, and I'm telling you what, the first chance I think they have to possibly lose a game, and I'm not even sure they'd lose this game because uh, because Philly's not the team that they, they were last year. I mean, December 3rd in Philly might be the first chance this 49ers team has to lose a game. They could, they could, they look. I mean, I know it's way early. I know it's five games, but if you look at their schedule, it ain't scaring a lot of people. No, I mean they're on a mission, oh. aren't they? I mean, remember when? Uh, remember when Pedro Martinez called said I called the Yankees my the daddy. daddy? Yeah, I think I think Dak, I think Dak Prescott I think Dak Prescott should do one of those. Dak Prescott should do one of those. Oh, yeah, call the Niners my daddy. I mean, it's totally they just own him. Yep. You know, I mean, how many times have we seen Jimmy G, Brock Purdy? Doesn't matter. They lose. Right. I mean, it's it's un, it's unbelievable. So you know, I just think the 49ers are just a cut above everyone else because of their speed. Yep. They just have so much team speed on offense. They're incredibly efficient. And Kyle is almost angrily calling plays to break the backs of defenses. <laughs> I, like um, I, like I, I think, I, I think, I think, uh, I think the, the defense, I mean, Fred Warner is an, is out. Like, is there a more fun player to watch on defense no, no, than Fred Warner running around like yeah. a psycho? Yep. I mean, he he is he is something else. He really is. He is the predator. Uh, so I I just think that that team is just so far and above playing well. Now, of course, even though the quarterback is playing well, uh, you know they are a system that runs through Kyle Shanahan. Yep. And as great as they are running it. There are outside forces that that could be at play. You know, you never know with with weather games and injuries and things like that, you know. So going undefeated, uh, you know, I'll pump the brakes on you for a little bit here. I I know know it's fun, uh, but, you know, I I do think that uh, I do think there's a cut above everyone else right now. They're the best team, again, by the eye test and by my metrics that I had this week. They're they're by far the best team in the league. the Eagles last week um, come up with a win. A matter of fact, I don't. I believe you. You predicted they were going to lose this game, as I recall. I fact, did, and did. I thought, and I thought we had it. I thought we had it. I thought we had Till it. And you know quarter. what killed us? Right at the. I, I go right at the end of the first half is where they lost the game because Eagles were able to come right down the field, oh, yeah. and they probably would have kicked the field goal, right? Uh, if not for them landing on the one-yard line with two seconds, because we knew right. it was coming. Yep. I mean, we knew that that brotherly shove yeah. was coming in yep. 
to uh, in, in, into the end zone, Brother and, and they were going to do it. Yeah, that's that, that's that's what they were going to do. Uh, that's what they were going to do, and yep. that's where they won the game right yep. then and there. Is it, it, it could have been fourteen thirteen or, or, or I'm sorry thirteen thirteen, and it ended up being seventeen thirteen at half, and Philadelphia was off and running. They won that middle eight, and and then they just kind of bludgeoned. The Eagles. How many times did you see Jalen Hurts run the football and Rams defenders have him dead to rights? Yeah, and just bounce off bounce of him. Off. I mean, yeah. that was like, yeah. for my purposes, that was super frustrating. Yep. But it was, it was, uh, it was a really, it was just a really good game from Hurts and making plays that he had to make. Hitting Dallas, Dallas Goddard was outstanding. AJ yep. Brown again, outstanding. Um, yeah, I, I think the Rams early on were really good on offense, but. That Eagles D line just kind of started beating up the Rams O line. The Eagles, look, they they're more of again like kind of like the kind of like how we talked about the Cowboys when they were actually winning. Um, <laughs> they're kind of they're kind of a team that's just going to find a way to win. Right. You know, they're going to find a way, the best way to win, and kind of just squeeze the life out of you. It's just very difficult dealing with those both those lines. So. Uh, I, the, the Eagles are who they are. I don't think they're playing particularly unbelievably outstanding, but they're playing good enough to win football games, and nobody's challenged them yet. So, The quintessential AFC North game last week. Steelers 17, Raven, oh my God. Ravens 10. I mean, Baltimore is up 10 nothing in the second quarter, and then just that was it. The lights went out offensively, and the Steelers did just enough. I mean, look, you know, was Kenny Pickett great? No, but he was good enough. And but I mean, this, if this is like every week in the AFC North, you could predict this is the kind of game we're going to have. Oh my! Especially the Steelers. I mean, that's yeah. a great phrase. It was good enough. That's right. all that matters exactly- at the end of the day. Like because they were eating their lucky charms. Yeah. I mean, this, that morning they totally were. Baltimore, how many drops? Can you count on one hand yeah. that Baltimore that Baltimore had? I mean, uh, you, you got to go to the second hand, right? I mean, it was absurd. Rashad Bateman in the end zone. I mean, holy cow, that's literally right in your bread basket. Right. But you knew things were getting weird when you had the blocked punt, when you had the safety, when you had when you had uh, you know the, Ram- the Ravens are going down the field literally with like two minutes left in the game. And they have it at the one-yard line. They throw up a fade to Odell. That ain't Odell from, like, 2016. That's, like, old man Odell. <laughs> and Joey Porter, Joey Porter Jr. goes – I mean, right. to do that on the one-yard line is, like, totally insane. And, of course, they haven't thrown a deep ball all day, and they hit Pickens on the next one. I mean, it's incredible. Yep. The Steelers just are – they break the matrix sometimes on how to win football games. <laughs> they, their defense – is outstanding and credit that coach man that coach he knows his team and he knows the way they have to win games they're not going to win them all but man they 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 are unbelievable at winning games they should not all right let's get to this week's games a rough week for you last week went back you were after a perfect week in week four three and four last week so we got to see if we can get you uh get you going here uh, it was a very middling week, very middling week for for the show, for us, and then here. I mean, it's ridiculous. We got to we got to attack the board this week. Well, let's uh, let's get to a game that has the potential to be another low scoring kind of grind them out kind of game, and uh, that's Baltimore is at Tennessee. Uh, Baltimore mm. is a four point favorite. I can't figure out this Tennessee team. Uh, one week pretty good, or or at least decent. Next week terrible. I'm really not sure what to make of, of, of the <laughs> Titans. Yeah, they're kind of a seesaw team themselves. This is a great coaching matchup. I mean, one of those old, early 2000s rivalries uh, renewed yep. on a deal with two good defenses and all that stuff. I think the Ravens, if the Ravens had won last week and this game was in Tennessee, I would feel much better about the Titans. Uh, I, I do think that this game will be close. I think that both of these teams really don't like each other at the end of the day. But I think at the end of the day, because this game is in London and it's going to be kind of a wonky area, I think the, I think that a lot of times in London, um, the talent wins out. Now, obviously, maybe that wasn't the case last week, but right. the Jags had been there for a week. So yep. I, I, I kind of throw that one out the door. I just think that Lamar is going to bounce back in a better way here this week. And, I mean, they're going to emphasize, you know, look the football into your hands. Like, that's, that's right. what they're going to emphasize this week in Baltimore. So... Um, I think the Titans will give them a great game. 
I think it might be close, but I think the Ravens ultimately prevail. I was gonna have you pick, and I I, I was gonna have you pick the Minnesota Chicago game just as as the dumb off game of the week. But I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna get off of that game because I just think that's okay. awful. But I'm not sure this game is gonna be any better. Although I, I'm curious, um, coming off of their victory against the Patriots last week, this is a New Orleans team that's going to have um, a lot of confidence this week. They're three and two. Uh, that NFC South is. You know, as tight as tight can get. Houston in the mix, obviously in the uh, in the AFC South. They've got the game at home, but New Orleans is a one and a half point favorite. Yeah, I mean, second straight road game for the Saints, and I kind of feel like last week had a lot more to do with the Patriots than than the Saints actually did. Mm-hmm. Although the Saints defense, man, they're going to confuse yeah. Stroud to no end. That's going to be good. a hard game for him to for him to uh, to to take on. So. You know, it all really comes down to can the Texans kind of slow down the Saints' offense. And not that the Saints' offense has been a juggernaut, by by no means they have. But this is probably a top-five defense in the league that, that Stroud's going up against. And it's going to be, be kind of slim pickings for him. And he's going to have to be super, super patient. You're going to have to try and run the football. Uh, you know, my, my heart kind of says Texans because I feel like maybe they've been playing a lot better. But when it comes down to the rookie quarterback, I, I, I may be I may be wavering a little. So I reluctantly am going to pick the Saints. It's kind of one of those games I want to pick a tie, but I can't do it. So <laughs> I'm going to take the Saints. Um, interesting game at Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville is hosting the uh, Indianapolis Colts, and uh, Jacksonville a four and a half point favorite. But now you know the question is: is uh, does the trip back across the pond is that going to affect them? Uh, this week as they come back to the States to take on Indianapolis. And, and how healthy is Richardson? He's not healthy. Uh, he's not going to play. He's not going to play. Game. He's definitely uh, out? It, no, he's out. He's going to be out for a few weeks, uh, it sounds like. So Gardner Minshew oh, revenge boy. game on the mind Although here I'll tell you what, Colts. Gardner Minshew uh, has not, yeah. was not awful last week. No, no, he wasn't. They, he ended up finishing that game. They beat the Titans. Um, Gene, do you know, I'm going to give you a trivia question, the last time that the Colts went to Jacksonville and won? I do not. Something tells me it's going to be a long long time ago. (laughs) Try September 29th, 2013. Wow. That was the last time the Colts beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville. So uh, this has been a long time coming (laughs) for the Colts to try and win this game. I love the Colts. I think that they've been playing really well. Uh, defensively, they got Taylor back, but I think their combination with him and Moss has been fantastic. I just don't think that Minshew is going to be able to, to to get them enough points to win this game. I do think that the, the Jags are going to win this one again. It might be again. Like I said, I think this is going to be a close game. A four and a half is totally in play, but I, I'm just, I, I think that Jacksonville, even though they're coming home from London, I, I do think that, that they're going to have, uh, enough in the tank to to beat this Colts team later this later this Sunday. The uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, looked more like the Cincinnati Bengals <clears throat> we expected last week, and uh, they handled Arizona pretty pretty easily, thirty four to twenty. Uh, Joe Burrow, uh, his best game of the year. Uh, they are a three point favorite at home with Seattle. Yeah, like what do you think of Joe? Because you know, I think I last week they they. They they came back. They there was a get right game for their offense. Yep, no doubt about it. Yep. So, but but they still didn't run the ball very well last week. I mean, you know, Mixon, no, they did Mixon not. is still struggling. Yeah, and and, and you want to know something? Uh, by my power rings, the Cardinals are the third worst defense in football. Really? Oof. So I mean, they they are horrible on defense. Like that's one of the worst defenses I've seen okay. this year. Uh, and they were able to move it. How many? The Cardinals really had a chance to at least cover the number last week. I mean, they were, they really had some just bonehead fourth and one calls and threw a pick six right after a goal line stop. Like, yep. it was, there was just a couple things that happened there that, that kind of went wrong for the Cardinals. Upset of the week, if you can call it that. I'm taking the Seahawks here. I think this is a much, much tougher opponent for. I don't think they're back. I think they benefited from playing a excellent defense that just sat back, or I'm sorry, a horrible defense that sat back in zone and just kind of let them dink and dunk underneath. Uh, this is going to be a much harder offense too to deal with. Geno Smith really good as an underdog in his career. 
Uh, they're going to have to deal with those receivers. And, you know, the, the Seahawks, for all their injuries on the offensive line, have actually been pretty good at pass blocking. So uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks here to get a win in Cincinnati in a wet, kind of cold, windy, messy day uh, out in southeast Ohio, southwest Ohio. This week, two bad teams in Las Vegas. The Patriots are at the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders are a three-point favorite. Uh, and I don't know if you've heard this, but there's been some talk that uh, with the the NFL trade deadlines, what a couple of weeks away, there's actually been mm-hmm. some talk that the Raiders might consider trading Jimmy G. <laughs> that would be. Uh, we'll take him. We'll take him. I was gonna... <laughs> I, I, that's, that's all I can bring, say. Bring it on. We'll take the lot, right. as they say. You right. know, I mean, yep. I, it's it's ridiculous. I, like the the thing that's concerning about the Patriots this week is there's just a lot of injuries. I mean, yeah. like they've they've got more guys pop Pop Douglas now popping up on the no practice uh, this week. I mean, he's got a concussion, so is he even going to play? I mean, uh, you know, not that he plays that much at all. So, right. <laughs> you know, it's like it's which is ridiculous in its own right. But you know, I just don't know how how much I, you would think the Patriots again. Like we said last week, you would think the Patriots would respond and 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 kind of show some pride right. this week. And you've heard some of the players like David Andrews and Ramondre Stevenson kind of come back and be like, "Oh yeah, like 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 people have talked about them really taking responsibility." The problem is, I just don't know if the Patriots, if Jonathan Jones doesn't play, can the Patriots cover Devontae Adams? No. I mean, how no. are they doing that? Yeah. How are they doing that? And you know, Jacobs Jacobs going to run the football. I mean. Patriots have gotten kind of manhandled up front as well. Like they haven't been able to really stop much. I, I just think the Raiders have more talent. I think I think even though the Patriots know Jimmy G and like they're a big coaching advantage here against McDaniel's, I I just I'm not sure that the Patriots have enough talent on this team to to overcome some of the things like who's blocking Max Crosby. That's what I want to know. Who's right. blocking him? Right. Uh, I'm not so sure. So. This might be kind of like the Raiders-Packers game last week where it's kind of back and forth, and mm-hmm. at the end maybe the Raiders kind of hold on. The Patriots again come up short. So uh, I'll take the Raiders. Let, let's hope it's back and forth. You know? I hope so. We can't do another blow. <laughs> no. I mean, another blow. I mean, another, another goose egg against this bad of a defense. The Raiders are not a very good defense. Uh, they have to do something on offense this week. Um, my, I, this is a, the next two, the last two games I got for you are my two favorite games of the week. Uh, I am very, no, very, go for it. I'm very, very curious about this one. Um, Detroit is at Tampa, Tampa coming off a bye week, Detroit coming off of a huge offensive explosion. Jared Goff was just ridiculous last week. Montgomery running the ball really well. Uh, this Detroit team is on a roll, but, uh, Tampa's three and one. And, uh, this is, uh, this is, a, I think this is t- probably Tampa's biggest test of the year. Today. No question about it, but yeah. I also think it's maybe Detroit's biggest test since week one. I mean, they haven't played really anybody. They've played Atlanta. Right. They've played Carolina. Carolina. Yep. You know, they've played Green Bay on the road, and Green Bay's very much struggling right now. And, yep. you know, those are the quarterbacks they've played. And I get Baker's not like, you know, the creme de la creme of quarterbacks, but he's he's playing well. They come off a bye. I mean, I love Detroit. I think Detroit's this, right now, I would put Detroit right behind San Francisco. Okay. That's how good I think Detroit's playing. Uh, but I, 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 and, you know, but when you play these kind of bad teams, remember, Jared Goff is a very, very good quarterback when he's playing indoors. When he's playing outdoors, he's more average. You okay. know, like, right. he is what we all thought Jared Goff was when he was traded, right. you know? Yep. So, you know, to me, I, I do think that Tampa's got enough in the tank here. They do two things really well on defense. They get takeaways, and they play really good in the red zone. I think they're the second-highest-rated red zone defense in the league, and they're number one in turnover differential tied with the 49ers. So uh, I think if they – it's hard to predict turnovers, but you got to think maybe some, some coming back to earth is here for the Lions, even though I think they're playing really well. Upset of the week, give me the Bucks at home. Fire the cannons, Dane. Fire the cannons. All right, now this next one, uh, <laughs> Monday night, Dallas at – your favorite team, the Chargers. Uh, Dallas is a two-point favorite. Chargers coming off of a bye. Dallas coming off of a blowout. 
Uh, over and under in this <coughs> one's 50 and a half, the biggest one of the week. So uh, Vegas thinks it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, this one kind of sickens me because um, I got to deal with Matty Ice telling me about how great Kellen Moore is this week, <laughs> uh, going up against his former team. Right. So, uh, you know, that's a little sickening. But, but you know, you want to talk about a team that hasn't played anybody. I mean, Dallas has played zero good opponents outside of last week. I mean, they have played maybe the three worst offenses in football mm-hmm. and maybe the four worst offenses in football. You've got Arizona. You've got the Jets, the Giants, and the Patriots. And they're three and two. I mean, that's his, <laughs> and they're three and two. So, you know, and they've lost to one of those bad teams. Right. Uh, so, you know, to me, you want, maybe we did overrate Dallas a little bit by how they're playing. Their strength of schedule is horrific. Yep. And when they play really good offenses, I think they really struggle. And I think Herbert's one of those quarterbacks who's going to be able to put them over the top. I really like the Chargers this week. And the main reason I like them. Austin Eckler comes back, back this yeah. week for the Chargers. So that is a real tough spot. And, you know, this I told you a couple of weeks ago, the Chargers are playing better defense. Not great, yep. but they're playing average. And maybe that's good enough with uh, with Herbert at the helm. So I'm going to take I'm going to take the Chargers in this win here on Sunday on Monday night. Chargers better be up by 21 in the fourth quarter. That's all I'm saying. Because they find yeah, you they, bet. They and find ways not, to give it away. That might not be enough. <laughs> yeah, that might not be enough. Oh my Holy goodness! Holy cow! Well, Dan, uh, another interesting week. And uh, hey, listen, uh, Georgia looked more like a number one team last week, didn't they? You think? Whew. You think? Back to undefeated. They they heard the noise. You know, they heard the noise. And I think we got a what a slate of college football with this weekend. Yep. So excited to see that Oregon Washington. I can't wait for that uh, game this yeah. weekend. That's that's going to be a really really fun one and. You know, once again, shout out Liberty Flames, six and all, bowl eligible. Let's go, baby! I tell you what, was it was it Sam Houston State last week? Uh, Jacksonville State. Oh, Jacksonville which State, which was a tough right. game, right? Right. On Tuesday night, so uh, they got the job done, and now they'll they'll wait for next Tuesday night. So <laughs> it'll be fun. Tuesday night games, gotta love it. All right, Dan. Listen, have a great gotta weekend. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely, Gene. God bless. You're the best. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Hey, it's Paul Simon's 82nd birthday. Uh, One of my favorite uh, Paul Simon tunes called The Boxer. We'll see you on Monday. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.